Hi guys, welcome. So today's episode, I'm really excited because it's a really old friend of mine. Um, she literally just reminded me now while we're talking that it's going to be 10 years that we've known each other. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Time flies. <laughs> I think it's made me realise that I'm old. <laughs> okay, so today's guest is the amazing... Violet, who is the CEO and founder of CNC, which is Congolese Network Creative. Hi, V. Hi, Asha. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> wow, yeah, 10 years. I know. Yeah, we are getting younger, not older. See, I like that. Yeah. So we went to uni together. We did, we did indeed, yeah. What was that place? I tried to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> University of the Creative Arts in Rochester. Oh, that place. Yeah, that place. Good times, good times. If we try not to look at it like bad. Yeah. It was it was a good experience because it It kind of made me realise what I didn't want to do. Yes, it's true. It like obviously I met some great people. My sitting one here. Obvious. And (laughs) one of my bestest friends I met through uni. Yeah. So it's got its potential. Yeah. But Okay, let's just... So we both studied fashion promotion. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and it was kind of new though. Wasn't it a new course? Yeah, it was a new course that they had done. And the funny thing is, before I actually even knew about fashion promotion, Mm -hmm. I applied for fashion innovations. I was like, oh, business, business. Oh, what was that? Um, Basically, fashion innovation is fashion design mixed with business. Okay. And I remember sitting in uni and having a meeting with our first induction and they were like, oh, um, at the end of the year, you'll be making a 20-piece collection. I said, I've got to get the hell out of here. Got to get, I literally ran up to my dorm room research okay what course can I do saw fashion promotion I thought right yeah. that's the course for me the next day spoke to the course leader and I had a swap and then that's why I meet all of you so yeah that was my story so it was going to be design it and business it was going to be oh, design okay, and okay, business okay. but I did design in college and I didn't like it it wasn't yeah. really for me I think with design not saying I didn't have the talent for it but you've got to it's not only about drawing and sketching you have to handle the pressure yeah, and yeah. people don't understand that um, especially nowadays you know you've got all these brands booming on Instagram and Mm -hmm. social media people don't understand the time and effort it makes to actually draw a garment produce a garment do the production it's a lot wait what do you mean like you don't you can't just make a collection today and release it tomorrow and your Instagram famous by Friday of course you can't bullshit of course you can't Of course you can't, mate. You can't do that. I know. Here's a reality check, folks. You cannot. (laughs) So then you decided to do fashion promotion. I did. I decided to do fashion promotion where I met you. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Never looked back since. Um, Yeah. And on the course, you know, I had a a different experience. I mean, it had its ups and downs, but I felt that it really, like you said, it made us realise what we really wanted to do in life. Yeah. And I think what I loved about the course, it didn't cover just one subject. It covered, you know, styling, journalism, Mm -hmm. you know, creative direction, art direction. That's why I took the course. I was just like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew after I'd left college, I was like, I want to do fashion. And everyone, especially African parents, they think design. Boy, I'm like, no, mom. I had the argument. <laughs> the t-shirt press. Yeah, and I was like, not design, but I was like, it wanted to do something within mm-hmm. fashion. So I found yeah. this course, and I was just like, yeah, 
great. It was new. They were really forward thinking. Mm-hmm. My only issue with the course itself yeah. was the course leaders. Yes. I felt like a lot of them were useless. Yeah. <laughs> because not useless in their skills, because they yeah. were skills. Like yeah. they were good at what they did. We yeah, had, they were. Yeah, like we had stylists. Like yeah. they were good at what they did. They were just shit course tutors yes. they should have never taken this extra little yeah. like freelance job to teach people well this is the thing i think that the problem is that their teaching was a, i think what it was is teaching was a full-time nine-to-five and they also had the side hustle yeah. was actually them in the industry and i felt that they treated um our course more of a side hustle yes. than their main nine-to-five exactly so um, it'll be where, like i've got a job exactly let me leave the course yeah, yeah, yeah. and go and do the job and it's like Wait a minute, yeah, mate. We're yeah. paying you. Yeah, like you should tell these people would be like, you know what? Yeah. These are my days off. Yeah. This is when I can work. This yeah. is when I'm teaching. Yeah. So I just really, really hated that. Yeah, and I think you know it was a case of treating that like that course was a side hustle, and I felt like also it was. I think the the reason why is they were trying to make their names known in the mm. industry at the same time they were teaching. However, they didn't realize that. Also, you have students who want to come up yeah. and are looking for you to mentor. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the problem that we had on our course, which I, it was difficult to kind of gauge where they were at half the time, yeah, to be yeah. honest. And we had an influx of, you know, guest speakers all the time. It was like, who are you? <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to go tomorrow. Um, and uh, that's it. Exactly. You know? And it was instability. And that's probably why we kind of uh, was less up in the air when we left. But then I guess it wasn't always down to the tutor. I think we also had to know. So we had a part to play in that as yeah, well. Yeah, okay. I, um, that's you know, that's we had fair. a part to play. We had to know. And I think we had to be the ones who had to ask the questions mm-hmm. rather than them feeding us so I think we also had a part to play but luckily mm-hmm. I can say that it wasn't too damaging to my career um I, I could say now yeah looking back you know yeah it was a learning curve but yeah. then you know um I think as we went into as I went into the industry especially I made that connection with myself yeah, I thought, yeah. you know what I'm determined not to <laughs> not to let uni damage me I'm gonna make connections no, absolutely and, you know they used to tell us all the time you know it's about who you know in the industry make those connections the little black book do you remember that yeah no see that's that yeah. was my point I think for me what I've taken away from mm-hmm. uni was that I shouldn't have went straight after college yeah yeah. I should have either did a little internship yeah. because what I wanted, I wanted to do fashion PR. Yes. And yeah. I don't think, and I say it now, I don't think fashion PR requires a degree no. within the course. No, You it can doesn't. do like a business degree and something yeah. else. Fashion mm-hmm. PR is more personality. If yes. you've got it, then yeah. you will learn as you go. And yeah. if you also find a great mentor that is willing to take you under the wings, not in like, give you everything, but, yeah. but just throw you in the mix and you learn as yeah. you go take it's you true. just teach you I don't think I had to go I should have went to uni that was I think for yeah. me that was kind of like being like I wasted time mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. should have went straight in did an internship found out mm-hmm. what the industry was like yeah and then from then be like okay this is all I want to do mm-hmm. is there anything that school can actually teach me because yeah I just felt I just wasted and it's like one of those things where yeah. again I stayed too long like yeah. people dropped out of uni and you were like oh, especially when like you're this African yeah. African person you can't just drop out just get that picture on the wall man <laughs> <laughs> you can't drop out but yeah. now I'm like in hindsight I'm like them people they were I know, good I know they were like it It made sense it made it sense it did it made sense and I think um, did you ever find that when you were interning or when you were working in PR 
we learned it didn't correspond with what we learned on the course at all. I was just like, sample management, what the hell is this? <laughs> at but oh. then I think the course was more about the business acumen side of PR, maybe. Not so much. I think yeah. that's where we were like, oh my gosh, this is actually reality, was I'm packing clothes. Whereas in uni, it was like how to write a press release. Which was- and I think, you know, you learn that as you go up in fashion PR. Yeah. But when you're starting out, they never told us, we packing boxes. No, no, I think that... <laughs> I think also that's the thing that I kind of now looking back it's they didn't tell you like realistically like this is how it goes Mm -hmm. this is what you're gonna do they did like like you said they were teaching us how to write press releases but not knowing like not everyone's gonna get to write a press release not like Within two, three years of yeah, their... Yeah, within the first two, three years, exactly. Yeah, within the first two, three yeah. years of them working, they're not going to write a press no, release. Like, exactly. no press release will be written. No. You'll be packing boxes. Yeah. You will be... Booking careers. Booking careers. Oh, gosh. You'll be going to Vogue with the with bloody bags <laughs> on top of your head yeah. to make a deadline. Yeah. I know, yeah. It, it, it's crazy. Um, they, didn't, they didn't really prepare us with the reality. I think they kind of... I guess it was kind of building up a fantasy in our heads. So yeah. when we actually went there, it was just like, whoa, no, this is reality. You actually, you actually, even though you have a degree, you're working with people who haven't had a degree, but they're like managers. It's like, oh, I started here, you know, yes. out of college. And I was like, but I went to uni for this. That's the reason, that's and, another reason why yeah. I kind of started regretting it. I was just yeah. like, wait, you are younger than me. Yeah. You don't have a degree, but yeah. you are... Uh, an account manager. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't take much to become an account manager, no, it and they're really skilled at what yeah, they do. Yeah, but I just felt like I could have been at this position had yeah. I not wasted three years. And I'm sure there's other people who, of course, don't feel that way. Who are like, no, no, yeah. uni. But I personally, for me, I don't think yeah. PR. You need to. No, you don't. No, I don't you think don't. so. I think. I mean, and it also depends on the person, like yeah. what they want to learn. I think our course now was. I I saw. Pierce, if you remember Pierce. Eesh. I saw No, he's lovely. No, I know. Oh, I saw him last year at the Graduate Fashion Week and um they've changed our course and it's moved to fashion promotion and digital. Good. Because it's upgrading with the times. I think at that time, and people forget, you know, the fashion industry is involved a lot. But at the time when we were starting out, mm-hmm. there were no bloggers. And I remember there was three bloggers when we started out in That's 2011. So true. Susie Bubble, remember? Yes. And it was uh, Bipling. Um, <laughs> and also Tommy Ton or something like that, the one who did Stylist when Style.com was around. Remember Vogue.com. There was only three bloggers at the time and now mm-hmm. blogging has become so like... Um, you know, international. And so is podcasting. Yeah, exactly. Everyone and their mom's doing exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> I am um, someone's mom you know, and I'm doing it. At the time when we started in the fashion industry, there wasn't so much, um, it was more difficult for us. Mm-hmm. There wasn't so much of these access and not everyone was doing the side hustle. It was literally corporate ladder nine to five. Yeah. And that is all we had. And that's why I think it was such a struggle for us back then. I think now it's changed so much. Yes, okay, it is still a struggle. You know, racism is still an issue, everybody. In fashion, a very big issue. Um, And it's still hard for us, but it's not as hard. I think now we're coming to a time where they are accepting to what I think it is, accepting black women in the industry. Um, But, you know, some people may have different views. I think they're more, I'm not saying, I mean, there's still racism, of course, Mm -hmm. but they're more open to what it was when we were starting out 10, 11 years ago. 10, 11 years ago, you even had to struggle to even, you know, know, get pay. My issue with um, how the industry treats 
black women per yeah. se is that especially fashion industry mm-hmm. i'm worried that now mm-hmm. is it just because it's in because yes. recently that remember that um that german vogue i yes. don't know if you saw yeah these i these people not only did they the title of the issue was black uh, it's in yeah. so like insinuating like it's a trend yeah, it's a yeah, phase yeah. everyone's going black yeah. so you know yeah. so I'm worried that okay is it in does it have an expiry time, expiry yeah. date yeah. and are we being used as the token trend now like are we like because what Vogue did was not only did they yeah. do the title but mm-hmm. they also got the girls the mid the models names mixed up because we're just they're all they're just black they're black girls well this is the thing you know so I'm just worried like is it yeah I think it is a trend um, and hello everybody it's not a trend it's my it's the colour of my mm-hmm. skin you know this is how I was born um, and I think it's quite insulting and I think it's quite insulting to call it a trend um, but you know we can see it both way yeah. yes it is a trend but yes is it an opportunity for people to speak their voice because it, it, it depends because like I think recently Stormzy was guest editor on the Sunday Sunday Times stuff. oh I love that guy um, and he's actually uh, talking about British black talent which mm-hmm. is out you know it's always been there but I guess we need these platforms to hear us yeah. whether or not they acknowledge is a th- is another thing is it yeah. just you know it's going to be Stormzy tomorrow and then he's going to go back to someone else to yeah. the next day um, so it's very I mean I definitely think you know I think Black creators are coming up now. It's definitely the time for it. Everyone's, you know, doing their projects and doing mm-hmm. their thing. And, you know, I want to scream. I want to shout about it. But yeah, and it, yeah, it is that worry that, mm, is it going to be a trend? Like, how long will this last? You know? Yeah, see, that is my concern. Like, how... So, firstly, just to tell the listeners, yeah. you've you've worked in fashion for nearly 10 years. Yes, yeah. 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 And in different, different positions. Yes, because yeah. the reason why I... One of the things I'm going to keep saying it every yeah. podcast is mm-hmm. why I started the podcast was mm-hmm. I'm kind of at the stage where I'm in my 30s, yeah. just had a kid yeah. and I've come back to what do I want to do with my life? Yeah. And I really, I've seen so many amazing, mm-hmm. not just seen them on Instagram, but also I know amazing women like yeah. yourself yeah. who's started something new. Yeah. Yeah. And and I definitely wanted to use this platform mm-hmm. as a way to celebrate black women. Yeah. Um, I had a I did have an advice from someone who um I won't name no names, yeah. but such a lovely advice. Mm-hmm. It was just like, do you want to pigeonhole yeah. by saying it's just for black women? Yeah. You know, which will it's she's like, have the black women, but mm-hmm. maybe not pigeonhole yourself by saying it's just for black women. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But which I understand that, but I'm thinking we're it's such a critical place that we're at now. Yeah. That no, I want to celebrate black women and I want to say it's for black women because yeah. I'm a black woman who's at yeah, the stage of my life where I'm like, no, I want to be inspired. I'm looking to change careers. Yeah. I yeah. want, you know, so this is why I'm having women. Of course. Women that I that I love, women yeah. that I see you're doing amazing things yeah. and they all, they will all be black yeah of course because I think it's just one of those spaces where it's hard enough in any space exactly you know we're talking about fashion to mm-hmm. you know fashion today because we both worked in fashion mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it is like I'm doing this for black women because I'm like no we need to inspire each other yeah so we can so it's not a trend so no. we can be like no whatever we do it's not a trend <laughs> it's not, <laughs> like, no. it's not, it's we're, not we're not going away color. <laughs> do you know what I mean? we're not going to go away like yeah. so this is you know yeah. just to say this is why I'm mm-hmm. doing after 25 yeah. it's for women of a certain age yeah. black women we mm. you know we want to 
talk to other black women who've taken a leap, started yeah. their own industry. Yeah, so, of course. So give me a little like breakdown. What is your um, career? What's your career background? Career background. Wow. Where should I start? So in 2010. <laughs> um, no. Um, so I've worked across the board. So I've worked in PR. Mm-hmm. I've worked in sales. I've worked in retail. And I've even worked in re- fashion recruitment. So I've covered mm-hmm. all sectors. Um, so uh, my background uh, initially was in fashion, PR and marketing. Yeah. Um, after working a few, I think it was about two years in the industry, I thought, you know, this is enough now. I'm not getting enough money. People are racist. I need to leave. <laughs> um, in, no, no. Um, yeah, that's a short version. Just to round it no, up. <laughs> I think I wanted, I, I, you know, I did love fashion PR. Yeah, but I wanted mm-hmm. to expand um, the industry for what it was. I knew that I couldn't just pigeon myself in just the fashion PR sector. I wanted to explore other areas yeah, of fashion. Yeah. There's so much. Um, and then I wanted to explore more of the business side of fashion. That was always my interest. Um, yeah. Was when I was in college, I did fashion design. Um, I did love it, but, you know, I didn't quite think it was for me. And I was yeah. more interested in the promotion and, and working with brands and helping to um, make brands grow grow bro, bro. grow um, and, and just um, focus on the business side of yeah. that's all that's what I've been um, interested in that's why fashion design I mean fashion PR um, so after fashion PR Gosh, wow. I uh, then went into uh, retail, fashion retail um, side of things. So I worked for Matches Fashion and there I was one of the senior staff members where um, I worked on the logistics team. Um, So it was more sort of um, how the um, logistics of the business ran. Um, So I worked in in that sort of sector. And after that, um, I went into, from logistics, I went into buying. Okay, okay. Um, so I worked for Groupon, guys. Um, so I remember Groupon, when you were yeah, doing that course. I was, do. Yeah, within Groupon, I worked uh, for there for two years. So I was in the buying department. Okay. Um, so I focused on um, jewellery. I really enjoyed buying because it made me see the other side of retail uh, where, you know, you can have that control where you decide, you know, you approach brand and say, you know, I really love this brand. I'd like to sell your stuff in my store. You know, how many units, you know, yeah. where can I place this? And I'm going to make money for you. And just... Um, Working on that side of things with brands, you know, I really loved. Yeah. Um, and from buying, I went into fashion recruitment. Um, and specifically, I was working with um, designers in the industry. So working with brands like Emila Wickstead, Alexander McQueen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I worked there for a year. Um, and that was interesting. Wow, the industry. <laughs> when you work in fashion recruitment, you really get to know the industry. Really? You know, PR and, um, you know, marketing and uh, working in the retail side, you do know in the industry, but it's very much uh, the kind of logistical, like you're, you're the sales side of the things. But when you're yeah. working in recruitment, you actually really get an insight of how these brands work, how they produce their products, yeah. who they employ. Um, and it's very shocking to me. The who they employ is what I... I'm so fascinated yeah. with because I, for me, the reason, yeah. the reason why I kind of ran away from yeah. uh, fashion was I just didn't see there was enough diversity in yeah. who they were employing, yes. especially when it came with, you know, so I straight away, after I left uni, I straight away yeah. went into an internship for yeah. a really big company with mm-hmm. big names. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking Lonvan, yeah. um, Robert Cavalli, like yeah. Roberto Cavalli. Look yeah. at me sounding English yeah. about <laughs> Robert Cavalli. <laughs> Roberto Cavalli, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so like, we weren't, mm. it was big brands. Yeah. But 
there was just lack of diversity and yes. that drove me crazy like for a young girl yeah. starting out in the industry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not being able to see yeah. enough people like yourself yeah. and if they were in the industry they were kept like in the back yes in the uh, what do you call it the, the um, sample room yeah yeah they were the sample people they yeah. were never at the front yeah so that was my reality and I was just like no I was just like mm-hmm. I'm working hard I'm killing myself mm-hmm. but I'm not getting there and then there was an example of seeing it so it wasn't yeah. even like I could really keep going because yeah. I'm like no 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 there's three mm-hmm, in there mm-hmm. It was just like there wasn't enough people. There wasn't yeah. a diverse work, mm-hmm. especially in fashion. So like you were you were recruiting, you're working for them. Yes. Were they saying to people, don't hire black people? Basically, uh, like, no, yeah. not necessarily. Um, in such words, um, it was a preference. Yeah. Um, I was always told was I was working uh, with freelancers, freelancers and machinists, uh, designers. Yeah. So machinists, I was always told what designers' preferences were. So. Um, if I was working for a particular brand, I was told, you know, they like Polish, um, Slovakians, and they like um, Russian sample machinists. And these are the people that we need to get in them. Um, Or I was told, oh, you know, this is a Russian sample machinist. She's really good. Mm -hmm. Get her in there. This person will love her. Mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, is that all we have? Um, So, you know, especially with um, the production side of things, a lot of the machinists, you know, sad to say, majority were mainly Eastern European because they are the fartest. They're they're very skilled in what they do. Yeah, no, we can't take that away from them. And also in their country, you have to remember that, you know, working as a sample machine is actually not even looked frowned upon. It's actually a proper job. You know, they have factories there where machinists are skilled. And when I say skilled, they, the skill is to the top level where they can produce a beautiful garment and I'm not surprised why designers uh, want to hire them Um, and they're cheap yeah um here they don't charge that much because they're not aware of how the system works here and as as they start to progress in the brand they start to become aware but when they first come they're not um so working with sample machinists such as who are you know going to be of that type of type of value you know, people are going to hire them. Okay. You know, if you want a good sample cutter, you're going to go to the Cypriot and Greek guys. Because yeah. Cypriot and Greek, um, especially men, in, in those countries, the factories are there. They've yeah. got that skill set. They're very old school and they know how to cut good fabric. See, I don't so, even mind that. I love yeah. that. I do. Like, yeah. You know, let's be real. Yeah. You know where to go for yes. certain skills yeah, that yeah. is fine like yeah. that makes sense if you want yeah. skills and yeah. these a lot of people from where yeah. they're from it's it becomes like second nature to yeah. them yeah so that makes sense but my thing is why is there just not diverse in the offices in the pr brands in yeah. the marketing like yeah. it would save not only so yeah. much issues because a lot of these companies are getting in trouble because they're not diverse diverse yeah. enough and also it's not even that like when they talk about these communities like black communities they're coming from sorry to say but from a white perspective yeah so they don't really understand so they're just putting their own prejudice to, to make it look like it's actually them but it's not um and i think you know having a diversity in these brands will very much help actually make these brands accomplished to where they want to be yeah um you know racism is very much in the fashion industry still and I, I honestly like it baffles me why there's still no diversity they talk about how you know Black is now becoming a trend. Well, make it a trend in your office. Not <laughs> exactly. just on your 
magazine cover. Exactly. Let's have more people yeah. in the office. Because yeah. that was sad. Like, it was sad to me. Like, when yeah. I used to work, I would... It just... I feel like now, the, mm-hmm. the generation now are so lucky. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's just more yes. of black representative that you can see and that's I think I like that because if I saw more of them when I was growing up I'd be like you know what it can be done Mm. looking back now I'm like there wasn't any no so these companies need to hire more people of course like definitely like um the thing is with with fashion design it's all about preference that's all it is. It's just if they don't if they don't know you, mm-hmm. or they know they don't know someone who knows you. They will not even look at you. It's yeah. just literally, yeah, a sense of racism. Yes, but it is preference. Yeah, if they know because they they it's a very small industry. These sample machines, these designers, they go from one company to the other. Yeah, so they all know each other. Um, so you know now it's now it's now it's changing. Now I see a little bit of more diversity. Um, I think when I was starting out in PR, I remember my first internship working for a massive company, um, a department store in London. I loved it, but at the time there was me, there was three of us who were black girls in the office and we were all on the PR and desk. we were interning for a while my manager was was black and I found that especially when I had I think I worked for another two PR companies actually two of the manager, managers were black women and unfortunately what I found is because they were black themselves they had to prove to everyone Ooh. in the office that they weren't a typical black person so when another black girl came in the office they were extra hard on you and, and that's what I found really annoying. They were extra hard on me because I was bad. I was like, right, we've got something to prove here. You're not going to take my shine. I'm the only black girl here. I'm going to be extra mean to you to prove that I'm not going to be in the same box as you. And I found that they were extra hard on us because of that. And that was the oppression they were facing from being yes. black women. So I, so now I look back, I'm not angry at them from that. I'm not. Are you that, sure? I know. I'm, no, I'm not because that was the oppression they were facing no, at I, the time. And now, you know now I look back as like the reason why you like that because you were facing that pressure yourself and all that frustration judgment you were getting you're putting it that on me exactly and yes I cried at home when I got home but you know what the tears were worth it (laughs) (laughs) no I'm so glad that you brought up that point because that was another thing I think especially for black women working in these spaces that are so limited to let us in when one does get in yeah there's this very much like, stigma. damn, I'm in, but I have to work so hard to stay in. Yeah. But I'm not willing to bring up others. Yes. Like, that's the issue that I got with a lot of British... Um, British black women who worked in the industry. Yes. I felt like they also were like, I worked so hard to get in this, and I've been given this as opportunity, but... Yeah. At any point, it could be taken. Yeah. So they were pr- working hard to prove themselves. Exactly. That I'm worth this. I know what I'm doing. The, yeah. Whereas then they didn't have time to think about the ones coming behind them because they're fighting their own battle and also i think they were threatened as well let's not forget you know it's a dog eat dog industry people will not care to just leave you behind yeah and i yeah. think when they see another black girl doing well and i've i've witnessed it myself you know seeing a black woman doing well and really pushing herself and working hard and they're there they're like oh um who are you like i'm the only yeah, you know, yeah, I'm the token. I'm the, token, the big bad, yeah. you know. I'm the token black, you know, girl that has stepped in it. So who are you? Yeah. And it's like, you know, it, now I think, I hope 
that it's changed. It looks like it's changed. It looks I like it's changed. I think everyone's right. really supporting their own now. Yeah. But back then, because there was so few of us and, you know, you had to also, and don't forget, you had to fight racism. You had to fight for that promotion. You had to fight the 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 the, the, the blonde girl in the corner being as well. Being a woman. Like, you, you know, were a being woman, a woman. You were black. And being a woman. It, it, it was just, it was All a battle. I get what you're saying. Literally. Like, that's why I was just like, all the women that I dealt with yeah. previously in fashion, I don't, like you said, I forgive them. I don't feel, because yeah. at first I was just like, I came in like, oh my God, there's another black person. I'm excited. Yeah. I was like, there's two of us. Yeah. Like we can, you know, but, but then it turns into, oh, okay. That were, it's, we can come together and laugh about all other but things. But you ain't going to sit next to me at the lunch table. <laughs> you ain't. Exactly. <laughs> like, they're calling for one person to go meet this designer. Who's yeah. going to be there? Obviously, behind your back, they're, win- they're trying to fight their case. Of course. And you're thinking, oh, no, I thought that was my friend. It's like, no, of course Because we're all thinking, oh, she's another black girl. Let's be... No, yeah. it's... At the end of the day, it's work as well. Yeah. Everyone's out for themselves. Yeah. But I just feel like they should... We could have had more sisterhood. Yeah. In the fashion industry. Yeah. Like, and people also are so afraid to talk about the racism especially in the uk mm, mm-hmm. we're so polite mm-hmm. i'm hoping obviously with the elections thing will change oh we can be God. more outspoken you've seen twitter please don't it's really <laughs> yeah. depressing me but no i feel like you know i see it from you know how americans are really outspoken when it comes to racism mm-hmm, mm-hmm. women are talking about it. They support black women mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but i don't see a, i didn't see a lot of that when i was younger no now no. i'm seeing it and i'm loving it i'm like yeah, yeah so let you know my little sister who's getting into fashion yeah yeah you know as much as i'm like ah, oh, don't yeah. but she loves it and i'm like okay yeah now i can give you tips on how to maneuver of course the way that i yeah. wish someone had given me tips but yeah but yeah, i'm like yeah. it's not impossible you can do it yeah so like definitely the mm-hmm. sisterhood we need more sisterhood we need black women who are in these positions yeah to also like Help the ones coming up. Of course, yeah, we need to. We like it's, you have to it's our duty. We yeah, have to because it's not going. It's not going to get any better. We no. can't have a company that are representing a majority of black artists. Yeah, I'm not going to name any names, but a lot of you music PR companies, all your artists are mostly black. black. Yeah, but you don't have one or two or even a handful of black people working for you. Which I find ridiculous. Which, it's crazy. Because if you did, and I'm not saying that all black people, the black community in London is very, very small, but you, could you imagine how much they would want to kind of work with you if you had more of their people behind you? Yeah, because I'll be like, okay, I, you know, let's not lie. I'm so sorry, like, you can identify more because you're like, okay, we've got the same culture. Yeah, we, yeah. You're from this. I know yeah, what you mean. When, exactly. you're, when you're saying certain things, I exactly. know what this means. Like, it's, you know, it's facts. Yeah, it's how we relate. It's it's how it we is relate. how we relate. You know, I know people don't like to be like, oh, I don't want to be put in a pigeonhole, but this is how we relate. So um, I think for me, you know, and we hear it on this, that these artists tracks all the time, oh, we're going to a record, comp- you know, record company with like, you know, five, um, you know, white CEOs. We don't trust them. We don't trust them. We don't trust them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't even trust our own. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, but it, it will make you feel a little bit more at ease. And, I, and I've started to notice now with the rise of social media, the black community is so small. You know how many, do you know what? I'd meet one person in the shop, be like, oh my God, let me add you on Instagram. Five friends in common. 
how do I know? <laughs> how do you know these people? Oh, well, because we went, you know, and, and I think, you know, even though social social media has its downs, that's one of the good things about it, mm-hmm. was it makes you trust that person where, oh, you know three of my friends, that's fine, yeah. I can relate to you. And, and, you know, having that, you know, that kind of assurance, you know, and having people like that working for, um, you know, a big PR company yeah, yeah, yeah. would put more... Them, these artists more at ease for goodness no absolutely you absolutely know? you have to like since having my son I'm really mm. big on representation yeah like I you know my younger brother's like why do you keep buying him books with black kids <laughs> and I'm like because we never I, had books with black kids growing thank up thank you literally you know what yeah. yes I'm in my 30s yeah. and I can't, I can't even remember some of the books that I read from home when I was younger but I know for damn sure I didn't see a lot of black kids I know for damn sure I was never the main main character I was always the friend yeah yeah Biff and Chip remember Oxford region trees Wilma Wilma they always have a Wilma who's Wilma exactly exactly so now that my son I'm like no 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 you are the main character, baby. Yeah. You are exactly. the superhero. Exactly. You are who the story is about. Exactly. Because I need my son. Now it's yeah. even so important nowadays yeah. that he needs to be like, yeah. I can be the main character of any any show. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm so big on representation. Yeah. And I also like my experience growing mm-hmm. up. I'm like, all these girls that are coming through yeah. that want to do the stylist and the stylist who want to do the PR, who want to work in marketing. Oh, gosh, yeah. I, I feel like all the women that are in the positions that these girls want to do need to be more proactive and helping we have to of help course. each other. Uh, helping them the right way. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of um Not people... seeing them as threats. They're not threats. Mm, not threats. But also, though, I d- am touching on that subject. I'm sorry to divert. I do no, see no. a lot of people who are come up saying they're doing PR, they're doing styling. Are you really? Um, and this is not this is not a criticism, but I want there to be and you know and this is the thing and this is what you're, I'm touching on yeah. there needs to be people actually in the position these positions to actually mentor these girls because a lot of these people are creating their own I'm a PR and a size but have no idea of the business mm-hmm. acumen behind actually how to be a PR and a stylist it's not just my friends and music artists I, I'm a dresser I'm, I'm now a style it doesn't work like that do you know that, what I'm not know? even going to lie to you I'm not mad at that no, too much no not because I'm like go and get it because the one thing that, yeah. something that I did learn when I was doing yeah. PR is that you can literally blag you can blag you, your there's way nothing there's nothing wrong too with, many yeah. people in like yeah. you know those positions um, mm. like you're just like oh this person's skilled they yeah. know what they're doing yeah, yeah, da, da, da. Yeah. There's so many industries yeah. where you can go in and you can blag your way. I know yeah. one girl who um, was working for a company I was working for and she came in, PR manager, yeah, yeah. you know, senior yeah, yeah. PR manager oh, for wow. big brand. Yeah. She didn't know one damn thing. Everything she, everything they asked her to do, she would Google. Like, I kid you not, I know it's, <laughs> no, I know it sounds crazy, yeah. but she would Google. Yeah. She did finally yeah. yeah, you know, fired because yeah. they were like, she don't know a damn thing. Yeah. But it's like, 
but she blagged her way. But, you know, blagging can get you so far. And, um, you know, I work with creatives on a regular mm-hmm. and I like to, and this is when my recruitment comes in, mm-hmm. you know, even though recruitment, I was like, oh, well, you know, it, it's helped me because it helps yeah. me qualify people, especially creatives. And yeah. how I, I like to discern and test things. Okay. Um, you know, there's one thing blagging, but then with me, it's the business side of thing. That's where yeah. I'm really hot on because you can blag and say, I'm a photographer, I'm in this. Yeah, okay. Yeah. When I put you in front of that camera, let exactly. me see how you work. And let me see how how you work over how you do your invoicing, how you speak to me over business. That's what I'm interested in. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, these stylists going to get, you know, what they want, these PR. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I I, I champion that. I yeah. always champion people going after what they want. But it's the education behind how to handle your business I after. So yeah. if you are approaching um, a potential client, how are you going to do business with them? You know, Absolutely. when you approach them, are you going to approach them by email saying, you know, this is me, this is how I do my business. Mm-hmm. If there's a deadline to meet, are you going to send them an email or call them saying, you know what, I've missed a deadline, apologies, this is going to happen, or are you just going to air them and just for, yeah, them forever yeah, yeah. chasing no, you? I, I thought that. you were a stylist. Yeah, like, that's me. That's that's, yeah. that's me, and I think that's probably my naivety as well. Thinking that they should know these things. For me, this is ABC no one, one is two three. Them. But for these people, no one's telling them. They just and unfortunately, social media has glorified uh, this industry to be this wonderful. But when you are approaching a music artist, honey. Yeah, you have to remember this is their business. Yeah, yeah. So this when is you their appro- livelihood. When you are approaching them and saying, you know what, I'm a stylist. How are you approaching? Because if you are approaching them saying I'm a stylist, let me send you going through their DMs. They may not even get back to you. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But who are you? Um, if you are approaching us, you know, by for, by email saying mm-hmm. I'm a PR person. This is who I've worked with. You know, even send them a, a CV and you know making you have to make yourself valuable. Yeah. And how you do that is how you present yourself. If you're presenting yourself in a type of way, you better expect that 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 type of answer. No, nothing. I get that. Uh, wind, nothing. Tell them. No, it's true. <laughs> I think, and then that's what you were saying. Yeah. That if they had a mentorship, yes. if they had another they person yeah. in the position, yeah. they could teach them these things. They could yeah. be like, here's your value. This yeah. is what you charge. Yes. This is how you act. Exactly. This is how they take you seriously. Yeah. So it does definitely go yeah. with just yeah. having more diversity yes. in the work industry and then the people who are in there yeah stop acting like this is your father's company yes. and you're going oh to take it to your grave like, <laughs> ah, I know Cassandra I know. let someone else in <laughs> like just for a second no that's yeah. that was my problem I know a lot of these girls are acting like this is my father's company because we yes we spoke about it like yes yeah. you've had to fight for this position yeah but make it easier for the next person however you can make yes. it easier yes. you know just to, sometimes it was like a coffee date you yes. know if there's an intern because that was another issue with fashion mm-hmm. we'll get off fashion for a minute we'll let you breathe but it was <laughs> <laughs> this um just not people seeing interns as if they were just yeah. pieces of shit yes no, you know and it was one of those things where, yes, you know we have to pay our dues. I yeah. get it. Mm-hmm. But there's also a way to treat people yeah. 
that yeah. was my issue. And yeah. I was just like, you can, you know, we get it. Like, yes, I'm mm-hmm. at the bottom of the bottom right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also how you treat people. And of I feel course. like if you're in a position, you've got an intern, sometimes just check up on them. Are you okay? Yeah. Are you learning from yeah. this experience? Yeah, of because course. Because I'm not just sending you to get my sandwich and to yeah. pick up, you yeah. know, pick up supplies for me. Yeah. But are you actually learning? Yeah. Are you getting something out of this? Because a lot yeah. of these... Fashion is the worst. They don't pay. Yeah, they don't. And I think what it is, um, and I'm guilty of um, doing it myself, and, you know, you get so caught up in the industry and the way things are and the Mm -hmm. way people are, you kind of adapt that attitude. Oh, yeah. And I've seen it on myself. And and I think one time I had to really check myself. And, you know, you have to have those minutes, Asha, you know, when you look in the mirror. You have to actually look at yourself in the mirror thinking, who have I become? What has this industry done to me? Because sometimes you don't even realise, man, you get so consumed in the whole, you know. Because you're trying to survive. Yeah, yeah, you're trying to survive. And you remember survival mode. You remember I was talking earlier, I think before we started the show, I mentioned Ugly Betty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People... Ugly Betty is true. <laughs> the fashion industry is actually like Ugly Betty. There are some characters, not the whole thing. Some of it is made up, but there are characters who are like that in Absolutely. the industry. Absolutely. And sometimes if you're not careful because you get so caught up in the industry and what, and you hold on to this career so tight, you actually become that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've seen people from when they were intern to how they've become now, they've drastically changed. They've become this awful person. They've had to wear an armor now. Like they've had to have... wear an armor and it's a defense mechanism. And it's, and it's horrible. Not their, it's, it's really bad. And you it's have to check yourself. Horrible. Like, remember how you were when you started up? Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, and unfortunately, that has actually fallen on some black women who've adopted this uh, character of... Uh, how we are in the fashion industry, you know, mean, armour and, you know, you get caught up in, you know, racism and colonialism. You you get caught up in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, really yeah. do because this is, it, it's an oppression that we unfortunately have been accustomed to and sometimes we don't even see it. It's like an invisible, invisible mirror almost. Yeah. You don't see it. It's like a blind. It's, it, it's sad. It, it is, is really sad. sad. But, Let's move on to why, because now you're doing something completely, well, not completely different, because it's still creative. It is still creative, you know. So talk about your baby, because I got, I was really lucky. Okay, so V asked me to um, be one of her, one of her special, what would you call them? What would you call them? Creatives, you're a creative. One of the creatives. So I started a uh, a beauty blog, yes. a beauty Instagram page. Yeah. And she's always been championing me and always like, do yeah. it, try it, do this, do this. So she yeah. asked me to be one of the creatives yeah. who is featured on the platform. Mm-hmm. So you tell people, when did you start this? Why did you start this? Um, I started this. So I started this platform last year, November. I just woke up, um, you know, and this is not a thought that I woke up one Monday morning and thought, let's go. Um, <laughs> I actually really, really thought about this. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, my background, I'm Congolese, um, and so are you, yes, you are. Um, and I felt that there was, I, we have a big Congolese community, but I felt that yeah. we're always represented with one stereotype. And a lot of people that I've spoken to about um, this, you know, had would, would agree, we're known for our cooking, we're known for our dancing, and we can dance, we can cook. Oh, we can, yeah, we can don't cook. take them away from and us. Don't they're take them away facts. from us. Exactly, they're, they're all, all facts. facts. But my frustration and was... And fashion, let's yeah, not forget. Let's, oh, a Congolese God. person can kill you. <laughs> With our snake print oh, shoes. Gosh, so don't you wow. dare. Literally. Um, and, you know, I felt frustrated because I felt like, you know, all of that is all in good. Yeah. But there wasn't, 
I felt London community as well. And, you know, this is going from my upbringing bringing in the London community. You know, we grew up in Harrow. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't much of a Congolese community in Harrow. You know, East London, North London, whoop, whoop, we yeah. are representing. And growing and up, South. my yeah, and growing up, my dad. Um, for where I'm from, I'm from the Manyanga tribe. Yeah. Um. So when I when I grew up, my dad um started a group of Manyangas here in the UK where oh, we would really? meet. Where yes, we would meet, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we would meet up and we'd go up to East London and have groups and talk about the community, how we can support was the community. That, was that a way to? To kind of obviously keep the community together. Yeah, keep but the community also to, the kids. Yeah, keep the community to the that. kids. And at the time um, when we moved in, so we moved in the early nineties, okay? Yeah. Um so there wasn't there was Congolese people, not a not a big, big influx. So a lot yeah. of them came in two thousand. Um and they all came from Lumbashi. So they came from the Lumbashi side. So the Manyanga came in the early nineties. So we all started together and it was support to the community. So how we can educate our children, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, who we can refer doctors and all these information can yeah. find how to survive. It was survival mode when we came in, yeah. um, and which was great, um, which was a great survival mode. But I unfortunately, you know, it wasn't. I found that there was lack of. Um, it wasn't really thinking about the generations to come. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was very much get our kids in school, get them in uni. But you know, yeah. mum, dad, I need to afford a house now. Yeah. Where's my mortgage at? Do you know what um, I mean? So, What's my credit score looking yeah, like? Yeah. Teach me about that. Oh, don't even talk about credit score. <laughs> um, so it was about laying a foundation for the generations yeah. and I didn't feel that we had that. But, you know, that's not even what we're here to talk. That's another topic in, in you know, all, <laughs> it, all together. That's part two. But, um, and that's what I thank my dad for that because I met, you know, great people. Um, yeah. And, and we, we're still in contact, but I felt that um, in the London community, um, even for creatives, and I started seeing a pattern last year. There's so many creatives, especially in the black community, mm-hmm. music artists, fashion designers, bloggers. I said, wouldn't it be great to have a platform where we all support each other. Like, oh my gosh, I can call you. I should have one person or two people on my phone. I'm like, you're Congolese. Yo, hello. Yes. I need a photographer. Can you like help me out? Yeah, sure. Let's do a shoot together. That's what I wanted, essentially. Yeah. And I didn't see it. I saw... I saw bits of that on social media, but it wasn't really... But was it... Because my issue, sorry to cut you off, Yeah, but you saw a few, but was it visually... Was it visually... Because that's always my issue with yes. things. Because I see a lot mm-hmm. of Congolese yeah. groups and things like this. Yeah. And God, I hope I don't sound bougie. I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I don't sound it. I know I am. I'm just trying to hide it. But a lot of their visuals yeah. was like... What is this? Like, it just visually was just not... To me, I was just like, no, no. I mean, not to be insulting, visually it does look like a school project. It does. That's the thing. Um, um, That was um, my issue. It is, it is. Our is laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's cracking up right now. Um, He's flying. Um, It did look like a school project. That's my... Um, And um, my thing was... and, And that's probably why a lot of Congolese people our generation and the generation younger than us probably didn't really take it seriously probably think oh man you know what even Congolese people listen to this will know you know guys the school hall the broken window you know the (laughs) weddings you know the parties we need oh. to, you know, my issue was, and you're, you're right, it's, it's a standard. Yeah. It's a standard of, of, and you know, our Congolese people, we're very creative, but when it comes to the standard, sometimes we 
lack. Absolutely. And maybe it's just not, not, and it's not just Congolese community. community. It's, no, no, it's, no. It's African communities in London. You no. know, I've spoken to a lot of my Nigerian friends, my Ghana. They'll say the same thing. Us too, boo. Yeah. I said, yeah, but you lot are flying. Yeah, Afro you guys. Chela, that's not in Kinshasa, you know. Exactly. It's in, it's exactly. in Ghana. Afro okay? Nation. Why is it not? Exactly. Why is it Things not in like Congo? Exactly. You know, we unfortunately, and I think Congolese, and and that's another topic in it. In in that's itself, not yeah. because of our standards. That's because a lot of things have been stolen from our country. Yeah. Let's not even go there. That's another Don't topic. Get me started. It'll La- shut this whole damn yeah. thing down. That is another topic. <laughs> in, and that's not what I'm talking about. And, yeah. and I think the standards, and I think I wanted to combi- start a platform where it's got all my fashion, creative, um, my career backgrounds. I worked in different sectors. So I wanted to combine all my skill sets into yeah. one. And Congolese Network Creatives does exactly that. Um, and what it is, it's a, uh, let's call it a creative project. Yeah. A creative project where we have established um you know individuals in our in our london community and this is focused on the uk because i feel like the congolese uh projects that have been around it focused on the whole of congo yeah but what my thing is you know a lot of a lot of these uh people in the uk diaspora um a lot of us haven't been to congo so a lot of us cannot relate and if we have we were born there came here when we were i've never been back i've never been back that's again that's another topic yeah it's the embarrassment that comes with it as well Uh, don't get me started on that that is gonna yeah, blow a lot this of us podcast out of the yeah. water. <laughs> a lot of us don't have the experience yeah. of knowing what Congo is right now. We don't. We just—it's no, by memory and by memory, yeah, a really bad memory because we're all young. Yes. I I came to the UK when I was six, seven. Yeah, I can I can't remember damn thing yeah, like, yeah. you know it's just flying moments we're like oh yeah, yeah but nothing in great details no, exactly so yeah you're absolutely right some you know, of us don't know exactly don't know and anything. I I was born in Belgium so I wasn't born in Congo but no, I've never, she's not even Cong- yeah. guys she's fake Congolese please don't even start with that one uh, actually one, to be fair yeah. to be fair it's Belgium she's Congolese yeah yeah you might as well go Belgium is the capital yeah. of Congo King Leopold so people many do your research <laughs> yeah so I was born in Belgium so I've never been to Congo but I really really want to go yeah. and my parents would be telling me stories and you know I had a problem with when we would go to these community parties mm-hmm. and you know I would be kind of look frowned upon being like you've never even been to Congo mm-hmm. I'm just like are you actually having a laugh whose dad is running the thing <laughs> so yeah um <laughs> you know um no and it's no it's not that but I mean I think you know being looked frowned upon us it's like wow like guys I, I thought that you know I'm one of you and I'm being looked at as like I'm fighting white people here and I can't even get in in my own community. What the hell is that all about? Um, and I think, you know, the reason why I cited this, I wanted us to all come together. It's not about whether you speak the language or not, whether you've yeah. been to the country or not. Mm-hmm. We need to be united. Um, and um, Congolese Network Creators, and let's just talk about it. So I started it last year and I thought, you know what? Let's combine all these amazing things. I started seeing a pattern. All these creatives are coming up. I wanted to do something where it shows excellence in the community, especially Mm -hmm. in the UK. We need that excellence. And so um, I thought, okay... And I think I left recruitment earlier this year and I thought, you yeah. know what, I'm leaving this industry, I need a break. Let yeah. me just focus on this project and just get my, myself a little temping job on the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I spent months sort of planning this and who I was going to have and I started seeing there's a lot of Congolese music artists in the UK, you know. Mm. A lot. I was like, you lot of Congolese, mate, you're coming on the list. I was like, right. And it came to, you know, contacting different people that knew people, that knew people. This community in London is so small, like I said. Yeah. You would wouldn't believe and so um my first 
point of thing is like I wanted to create um, a project where you know we had events yeah uh, where I supported different categories so I wanted um, uh, a category for bloggers where bloggers can come on bloggers bloggers can come on and you know I can put an event for them you know we can do an articles on who these people are music artists have a category for them who are they what are they doing fashion designers who are they what are they doing photographers who are they what are they doing yeah yeah you know, even having, you know, uh, pod, not even pod, not even podcasts, really. I was thinking more sort of, um, sh- um, what are they called again? What presenters? Event- yeah, like events where people can talk. So, um, talking, talk. Those speakers. Yeah, speakers, speakers events. Yeah, that's it. Not yeah. podcast, speakers events. <laughs> not talkers. Yeah, yeah, not talkers. Yeah. Speakers events where um, we can have talk shows where mm-hmm. people can come and talk about um, the industry and what, and it actually highlighting actually, there's actually people in these creative industries who are Congolese in the UK yeah. who are, you know, even in management positions, actually, yeah. which I found who are presenting big, big UK artists. I was like, I didn't even expect and that. And you know what's really sad? Yeah. That when I find out that these people are Congolese, I don't know, I, you know, don't say it's them that they've yeah. hidden it. But I'm like, at this big old age, I'm like, wow, you're from Congo. Yeah. And I'm like, it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, it firstly. shouldn't. It shouldn't. Like, I shouldn't be shocked that you're in the position yeah. that you're in being yeah. where you're from. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, why. Okay, so... Why is that? Is it because we're just not... Because Nigerians, we know there's so many they Nigerians scream. in Syria. They scream about it. Yeah. Our Congolese people were doing things in the background because we are doing... People... Yeah. Being, you know, yeah. your platform. Yeah. When I was at the shoot, your first shoot that you did. Yeah. It was amazing because I got to meet so many people from so many different yeah. creative backgrounds that mm. I was just like, oh, wow. Like yeah. you had... um, You had you had DJs. Yes. You had hairstylists. Yeah. You had makeup artists. You had... Yeah. um. Illustrators, yeah. So, like, and it's so sad that I'm kind of like, oh, wow, you guys are from Congo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Mate, why are we not shouting about it? Well, I think there's two things. I think a, um, a lot of the Congolese people here in London, and correct me if I'm wrong, some people may say no, but this is just coming from my own experience, my own opinion, and mm-hmm. this is what I've experienced, is that a lot of people don't feel like they're supported by their community. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people kind of want to stay away from the nonsense, you know? Mm-hmm. In our community, and I know, I know you, yes. you, you've experienced it that we don't really, and this is coming, and this is not our fault. This is our parents, our parents, our parents yeah, generation. Let's put and this, the blame where it's yeah, right. This is where owed I talk about. And you know, at the beginning, I spoke about laying the foundations and survival yeah. mode. Their survival mode was getting us in this country and. Um, getting us educated. However, they didn't talk about the generations. They didn't set out foundations. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, going to uni for some Congolese households wasn't a priority. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Getting a mortgage wasn't. It was just getting a job. And unfortunately, that's come onto the kids and it's made them a little bit lazy. Yeah. Um, and unsupportive within the community. And, you know, with these African communities, there's a lot of jealousy and there's a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah. Um, envy. So a lot of people don't want to see you for, come up. So a lot of Congolese people now who are working for these big companies and colonialism has a lot to do with it. They want to separate themselves from, from the communities. Yeah. They don't want 
all that crap coming into you're messing with my thing now yeah. I've tried hard yes I'm Congolese but let me leave it at home and mum cooks dinner on the dinner table when yeah. I'm at work I'm white exactly. sorry Do you know when what? I'm at work I'm white no absolutely and you <laughs> that's know, true and you know what's so cr- it's so High true five. no yeah. absolutely yeah. and then like you said I blame I blame our parents because yeah. also what a lot of them did do was separate us because yes. now my mum was like oh I don't really see you with a lot of Congolese people I'm like well that's your fault boo <laughs> who like, are they <laughs> you guys had your yeah. you guys had your groups of people and what yeah. is sad that our generation we're all growing up apart yeah, yeah. because we're all now being seen like like you said yeah. like oh no 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 keep that yeah. keep that whole, at home at home yeah Whereas other cultures, Nigerians yeah. will bring everything to work. Yeah, 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 Sometimes yeah. we don't want you to. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you guys need to separate it too. I know. But I also appreciate that yeah. because it's like, why should I be one person yeah. here and a different person there? Yeah, exactly. So I feel like we Congolese people, we need to yeah. celebrate are we being do. Congolese more and also combining it with yeah. the new things that we've learned because we, we are British Congolese people yeah we are so we need like our generation we need to combine we it do. and I think that's what your platform definitely yeah, yeah. is doing and unfortunately growing up there wasn't that and you know those you know full well hands up Congolese people how many of you have wanted to bring your fumbwa or your pondu at work <laughs> and you don't want it because it stinks up the microwave for me it's Thompson yeah. <laughs> I don't care what no one says Thompson is my dish yeah yeah yeah. Like, oh, Taba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Oh, don't even get me started. Don't but talk you, to me about Taba. Yeah, but you don't want to bring it at work because no, it sinks the house down. Okay? It does. Especially if you eat Taba in Kwanga. I know. Oh, Stop gosh. that nonsense. <laughs> but it tastes so good. It does taste so good. My, my Nigerian baby daddy, he's like, babe, bring me Taba. Is your mom cooked Taba again? Is it Taba again? I want to look at this one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But, you know, I think this platform now, things have changed. Everyone's, yeah. you know, accepting. I think, you know, the Nigerians and Ghanaians, they've got so many platforms. They're doing so well. So well. Um, and do you know so what well. is, do you know what's funny about that? Because when I brought out this platform, I was like, we need to set, and I'm surprised a lot of, and especially um, Nigerians and uh, Ghanaians, um, people that I've spoken to about this, are like, oh, are you going to have Nigerians and Ghanaians on this? I was like, you, you lot have your thing though. But at the reception, I'm surprised. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, no, we don't really. I'm just like, what? Like, for me, I was thinking, well, you guys have all of this, don't you? I feel, yeah, I feel like Afrobeats is but now it, predominantly just known as Nigerian. Nigerians. But I think it's the creative industry as a whole they're okay. talking about, not just music. Okay. They're known for the music, but they don't have a platform where it's celebrating bloggers and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and I think, um, for me, I'm taking the aspect, it's got the, the, the excellency, and I think I'm hand-picking people to be part mm-hmm. of this platform. And I'm Well, very, thank you for picking me. Yeah, I'm very, like, I'm serious about people who I'm picking. So yeah. you can't just come on this platform and be like... I'm a blogger, right? Yeah. So what do you have to show that you're a blogger? Do you, how do you conduct yourself? Because yeah. if I'm, you know, going on the Congolese network, Crazy CNC, and I go on the website and I click on your profile, I'm Instagramming on you, like, um, what am I going to see? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm trying to push our community to be excellent. And I'm not being a snob by saying, I don't want to pick you, but it's time to... I guess represent us in a different way. I, yeah, want, us, yeah. I want people to see us in a different light. I get Not that. just seeing us in a stereotype. Oh, Congolese people, you lot dance, innit? What? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> no, I, no, I get it. If, and I, I, if I get that, uh, the amount of people who say that to me, I just look at them, I'm just like, I really cannot have a conversation with you. 
And I just It's because we haven't taken our creative side to a different level as you well. You haven't. We and just haven't. Is, no. We've stayed, you know, like if we We've been content with our you mediocrity. Dance and cook, yeah. We've been content and even with it. our even with our our shows, our yeah. um the theatres, all the little Nollywood versions of yeah. Nollywoods that we have. Oh, it gosh. is the same crap from when I used to watch it when I was younger. Oh, your dad made now. you watch that stuff oh, yeah. too. I used to fall we asleep. I used to hate to it. watch it. Like, uh. and then it's like the standards haven't changed at they haven't all. visually it looks the same visually, there is yeah. no content there is yeah. no like no yeah. storyline there's no beginning there's no middle yeah. there's no end yeah there is just uh there's a beginning there's sorcery there's voodoo and the end there is no, there's no storyline how did we get from the person dying we just got from it's always a person having an affair. The person who has an affair takes revenge, goes to voodoo witch doctor, cook dead. up the potion, dead. That's the thing. And then that level yeah. of, like, we just haven't elevated. Do you think... We haven't. No. Like, do you think now is the time? Now is the time. And I think, you know, I have a responsibility now. And I think everything that I've learned from being in the industry in, for 10 years, from mm-hmm. recruitment to sales to PR, everything I've learned to the skill set that I've mastered, I'm bringing it to the community. Yeah, And yeah. a lot of people, instead of being like, no, I'm Congolese at home, but white at work, no, it's over now. Yeah, Sorry, you're black. <laughs> you are black. Okay? And if mostly, you're Congolese and we should be proud of it. Exactly. We've got some amazing stuff. Exactly. We should be. We should be. Like, it's a massive country with massive resources. And if I can um, do my best to bring what I've learned in, in the actual industry. Thank you, white people. Um, to, to, bring, to bring what I've learned. Don't say we're ungrateful. Yeah, yeah we're not ungrateful. <laughs> I thank you for that. Um, to bring what I've learned um, in the industry um, and to bring it to my community yeah. and actually uh, bring it into the art direction, bring it into visually how we should be portrayed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to do that. And, you know, you've seen the Instagram and I'm really trying my hardest to move away from the stereotype. Yeah, and the reception that I've gotten from it um, has been amazing. Um, and so, what I'm planning to do now, you know, we've got the Instagram set up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we did the shoot with you, and let's talk about that for a minute, mm-hmm. so everyone understands and really understands what we're doing. So, I did a photo shoot in July with 13 creatives, I think it was. Yeah. So yeah. We had DJs, we had bloggers, we had photographers, we had an illustrator as well, um, and um, it was 13 of them. Um, amazing profile. I wanted to profile the coming people who are coming up in our industry. Yeah. Man, yeah, yeah. they're massive. Like, and I'm gonna mention your names because you guys need to be you know you need that applaud um mcm london amazing you know trio um photographers who are doing the most at the and moment visually they, amazing visually amazing they've worked with uh l'official the the uh Parisian fashion magazine, yeah. Le Fichal. I think it is Le Fichal, Le Fichal. This is how great my French is, folks, so don't <laughs> laugh. Um, they f- did um, a piece with um, a British photographer. Yeah. Um, you know, they did the front cover. They've been, they've been, you know, and they're Congolese. I was like, I was like are you joking? Like, I was on the like, phone. Like, where have to, you been hiding? I was on the phone to the CEO the other day and he was telling me all about um, what he's got coming up with. Like, he's doing stuff for Afro Nation and like, he, he's so, 
so hard working and they're doing so well. Um, and I, um, you know, will be um, using them. So they're going to be doing an article. So they're going to be doing featured articles. So Perfect. the reason why I did a shoot is I wanted to do featured articles um, with you guys. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the piece that you wrote was amazing. I was thank like, really? You. My friend was reading. It's like, this is so inspiring. I was oh, like, thank and she's you. not even Congolese. We, and we she aim really, to inspire the more Jamaican. Yeah, oh my gosh, man. And she was really inspired and really inspired reading your piece. Um, and, you know, the articles are going to come out next year. Okay. And I've got an art director who's working on it. He's been in the industry for 15 years and he's actually done a creative package for me and Perfect. how the articles. So this is, this part of the um, creative thing is going to be called CNC in Conversation. And CNC in Conversation is basically each individual creative who will um, basically talk about their um, spear and their platform. Okay, um, cool. So CNC Creative, essentially, CNC Creative, CNC um, is essentially about getting these individual creatives in, in within the London diaspora um, talking about their platform and what they've done, who they are, and the community recognising, yeah. you know, these are Congolese people that you can go to. And also to inspire the generations that Absolutely. are trying to, and this is actually about showing that, you know, people like me are actually working in the industry. This is who I can go through for mentorship. Yeah. And you know, we were talking about having that mental. You can go to these particular people. And that's if why you I, see them, if you, you know see where them. to go. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I'm being very selective about them because I'm asking you the question, if a person clicks on your Instagram, are they going to be inspired and mentored by you? What are you showing? And it's actually yeah. to push these creatives to actually be... You know, we have to be, have that spirit of excellence, man. Everything yeah. in excellence to the highest degree because people are going to be looking at you and listening to this podcast thinking, you know what? Oh, After 25, who is that? I'm going to want to, I want to be on After 25 show. I want to, you know, do what she's doing. You know, this is your time to shine, Ash, and your time to actually be an inspiration. And don't Jesus, how can you not shine after this speech, guys? <laughs> how can you not just get up after this speech? I'm ready to get up and yeah. I'm recording a damn podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's about it's, it's about working together and it's yeah. about being positive, you know. I'm always, you know, it's about championing people, you know. It, like, one of my friends, she's a blogger, and you, she was on the show as well, and she's like, oh, you know, like, I'm not sure how to do this, I'm not sure how to do that. I'm just like, you've got to do this. Like, yeah. You've got so much potential in your brand, and it's about seeing where this can go, yeah. seeing what they can do with it, and actually, you know, um, I was speaking to one of the guys who was on the shoot, he's a photographer, and he was like to me, you know, um, used to work in recruitment, like, um, what are the websites that you used to use? And I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what it's supposed to be about. Yeah. Like, oh, right, yeah. And I was like giving him loads of websites, like, use this, use that. You know, if you want me to, like, be on your uh, interviews with you, let me know. I'm yeah, happy yeah, to yeah. help you. Because this is, you need to, you need to, and it's about building relationship, building rapport. And the one thing we learned in recruitment was about building rapport with people. Yeah. It's so important. And this is why you have to talk to people. You can't just be on the Instagram like the profile I'm following interact you. with the person you have to interact message the person Ma yeah sometimes you're not even asking for anything sometimes exactly. I also feel like there's this weirdness about you're following someone but interact with them exactly if they post something write something like 
be Don't, yeah like interact with them yeah. I think engage with them I think that's the whole point why yeah. a lot of these people have these pages well they forget that because yeah. I think what it is social media has moved past that it's just about posting your selfie don't get me wrong I love a good selfie but I think it should be also useful you know what if you like um, a profile you really don't be afraid to send them an email DM them be like you know I'd love to catch up for a yeah. coffee and just talk um, I I'm, I'm, I'm love what you're doing like pe- you'll be surprised people you love will. that do you know what people love that starting the pod the, the podcast i was um i was i was a bit like worried and mm-hmm. scared and nervous of approaching yeah. people because i'm like oh they might say no yeah. no, no first of all so what if they say no yeah let's move on to the next yeah but then i was so surprised to how open yeah. a lot of these women were yeah like you know and also not just a number of them said no, but it was mm-hmm. also the way they said no. It was never malicious. It was just yeah. like, oh, unfortunately, this doesn't fit in with what I'm doing right yeah. now. Get back to me at this stage. Yeah. Or others who are willing to do it, just yeah. trying to find dates. So yeah, it's definitely yeah. just like getting out there, yeah. meeting new people. You need to. You need to get out there. And, and, what, and that's with whatever yeah. industry, even if it's just not creative. Yeah. Like you can still go to these networking events. Yes, to Find out what they're doing. Yeah. If you're into finance, there's loads of networking finance events. Of course. There's so many. It's just, putting yourself out there and building rapport yeah you know networking building contact it's, it's, it's really important and I think my goal is and I say this now if you're Congolese in London I will find you it's yeah. a very small community and my goal is to get at least one person who's got at least five people within the creative industry who are, who is Congolese who they can contact. I'm I so need excited. a photographer. I need a I need a stylist. I need a this. I need a that. Even recommendations about how to find studio space. Mm-hmm. You know, studio space. Yeah, especially when you're doing a shoot. Like if you're a it's stylist, like I've got, I've literally got like an index of studios in London. Priceless. I've written them down for a reason because if someone asks me, I'm ready to be like, right, here's where you need to go. And you have to think in that way. You've got to be that kind of person that people come to for advice. People come to you and be like, you know what, Asha, you're doing a podcast. Um, I really need a studio. Do you know a good? Sh-? You've got to have a. Li- you've got to have like an index of yeah. places. But you've got to be a, a consultant. You've got to be an advisor. Show people like they can come to you for yeah. advice. We've got to all be those people. Like you've got to be willing to help. Like you have to be. Yeah. Like I always say you have to be willing to help people. You you don't know. It may look rosy on Instagram, but let me tell you, let no man deceive you, the Bible says. <laughs> no, it's true. We're giving you Bible quotes. Let, let, as well, yeah, guys. We're giving you we're giving you scripture. No, it's so, let no it, man deceive but social media is such a deception. But when you actually speak see these people face to face and really qualify them and really get into the depth. You'll be surprised. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. You'll be really surprised what they do know and what they actually don't actually know. I know. So um, how is it? I yeah. want to also ask, like, you started this yeah. last, you started this last year. Yeah. Um, we are, we're similar ages. Yeah. Um, and because the podcast is after 25, yeah. it's definitely one of those things where speaking to women after a certain age, yeah. how does it feel starting a podcast like now? Not that there's a, there's yeah. a time, yeah. time to start yeah. not the podcast, start your company. Mm-hmm. How does it feel like now that you're starting at this age? Is it, would you say like this is the right age or you wish you started it when you were younger? 
No, I definitely don't feel I should have started it when I was younger because when I was younger, I was a lot more uh, immature. Yeah. I was a lot more naive and I didn't have that much life experience. Okay. Um, I think now's the right time was I've evolved in... And I think it's the right time because I've worked in the industry for 10 years. I'm I'm able now to bring what I've learned in those 10 years yeah. to what it is today. Also, being in the Congolese community, because I wasn't in, in it that much. Yeah. Um, I am in it, but I'm not. Um, and I think I've, I have an understanding. I, my, my mind's matured to have an understanding of what it is. If I'd start this in my 20, I'd have gone into some naive understanding of what I think it should be, not yeah. what it is. It's not what I think it should be. I'm going on for what it is right now. And I think it's the right time. And I think starting something in your 30s is a beautiful time. Yeah. Like we have this thing as like, oh, it's 30, it's so late. When I'm 21, I'm so immature. I don't even know how to handle money. Yeah. Like I understand how to handle business now. I understand how to approach brands, how to handle invoices, how to speak to creators. And because I've worked with creators all my life, I understand um, all my life, the last 10 years, <laughs> it feels like all my life. I understand how to approach them. Yeah. I understand what's sensitive to them. So I understand that when I'm working with creative, I've got to make it very clear. Um, and it's all about managing expectations with mm-hmm. creators. You have to manage expectations. And I say that because if you don't manage expectations, people have this take, 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 take. You mm-hmm. said, you said, where, where, I never said, have a contract. Have a contract. <laughs> a lot of us do not have contracts, you know. Yeah. You need to. And um, especially when you're we're dealing with GDPR and that's something we dealt with in recruitment. Yeah. You have to make it clear. Um, and all these things that I've learned over the last 10 years, that I, if I was 21, I would not have known that. Exactly. You're joking. I've been taken to the cleaners, mate. You know, that would have been a CNC. This would have been vanished. Yeah. Now I'm doing it in wisdom. And that's yeah. very important. You have to apply, you have to apply wisdom in, in everything you do. Um because if you don't educate yourself, um, you're my friend, mm-hmm. boy, you're, you're taken to the cleaners. You, you will be. And I think now is just the right time. And I'm yeah. starting to meet different people in different stages of their life as well. Yeah. And I think it's the right time because I think it's the right time in their life. Because you have to think that some, the people that I'm approaching, they've evolved in their, and some of them, you know, don't get me wrong, some of them are starting. Mm -hmm. Some of them have evolved and developed in their businesses. So it's the right time for them to um, say yes. If they had, you know, if I'd gone 10 years ago, they haven't, wouldn't have been ready. I wouldn't have been ready. They weren't at the position that they're in now no, to be able not. to help. So yeah, no, they're so not, right. and they're not in the position. Yeah, they wouldn't have been. Now they're able to help. Now they're able to, and especially with social media, it's able to really shout about my brand because, um, you know, I could have someone on there who's got like, I don't know, 20k followers that's mm-hmm. going to help my brand mate that's going to help their brand yeah, yeah. And it's not just about me and I always say I'm not the face of CNC I don't go I'm here, here to champion and help creators and always have been I've always about yeah. uh, I'm, I've always been about pushing creators to be the best they can and champion you know how I'm like with you on the phone oh my god Asha Guys. when you're posting your next blog post Guys. I'm literally every like, time I'm like, on when, you because, when I get off the phone I'm like damn I wasn't doing anything yeah <laughs> I'm on you because you're on my platform if you're on this platform that I'm creative I'm on you because people are going to look at your platform so what are you doing that's why I'm on I'm you I'm doing the podcast people yeah, I am yeah. doing something that's why I'm I on am. you I'm not on you <laughs> I'm not on you because you're on this platform for you to to glorify and be like oh I'm on C- no I'm on you because 
people, the Congolese community are not going to, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is sick, but they're going to go on, who's t- after 25? Yeah. Oh my gosh, she's Congolese. What is she? Really? She, that's, what they, that's what they say yeah. as well when I ask them. They're like, oh my gosh, is this person Congolese? I never knew that. And you'll see your followers are like, oh, is this person Congolese? And I've started to see a couple of followers following me, but they're, obviously they're following you guys as well. Yeah. Because they're starting to see, they're starting to click and be like, oh my gosh, I never knew that these people were Congolese. It's like, yeah, they're Congolese, but they're now and they, and that will push them to be like, right, I've got to get my standards up. Now. Yeah, no, I, I've got to get my. I can't do typical school project stuff. I've got to GCSE time is over. I've got to raise the bar. You've got to raise the bar. You've got to raise the bar. Like lift, just even. Oh, I can't even speak. Wow, got to raise the bar. E- edit that out, please. I've got <laughs> to raise the bar. I've got to raise a bar on what I'm doing. Yeah, you know? no, I get that. No, I absolutely get that. Um, so I want to take this mm-hmm. a little somewhere else because you guys know, obviously yeah. the podcast mm-hmm. started off the back of my Instagram page, which is all about skincare. Mm-hmm. And I really want to just as champion because I feel like as black women, mm-hmm. we're very not represented when it comes no. to beauty. There's loads of products out there that we could be using, yeah. but we're not using mm-hmm. because we don't know it's for us. And also just our own personal attitude towards mm-hmm. beauty. Growing up, my mother never really made a point about skincare. Mm-hmm. Like she always put it down. You know, I'm from her side of the family. They yeah. all deal with really with really bad acne. Yeah. But she was just like, oh, it's just in the family. It's in the gene. Never was she ever like, oh, use this, use that. It yeah. wasn't until I turned 16 that mm-hmm. I started mm-hmm. to kind of like look into my skincare. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask all my guests, yeah. what is your skincare? Like, what do you take it as serious? Yeah. When did that journey stop for I you? did take it as serious. So when I was in, I never used to take it as serious growing up. Like all my parents used to say is, use this lightening cream. Oh. Uh, what? I feel like we need a part I'm two black. of life I of know. a Congolese I'm, child. I know. It's like, like we love our parents, but there's you, some things yeah. that they, because they dealt with it growing up and then they passed it on to us and it's just like... But this is the thing, because they were in the community, that it got passed on. Use this. Use around this, each use other. This. Yeah. Around each other. Caroline. Yeah. Oh, car- that, yeah. Oh, yeah. That so that was cream. no... Clinique. What's Clinique? Oh, what's, what's Clinique? Clinique? I think my mum was a little bit more bougie though, because we lived in Harrow. Um, um, we had a Debenhams back in the 90s. And back then, Debenhams was a Selfridges of them all. So she's a little bit bougie. So she did used to try different little bits. And, yeah. Little bits and that. So I used to always be like, what's this? What's this? Um, but, and she used to, used to wear, wear this one perfume called Cacharel, which I used to love. The blue bottle. Um, yeah, that was the same. So um, I... So my skincare, I mean, when I was growing up, um, I never used to wear makeup. I didn't mm-hmm. wear makeup in, in high school. And I think now, because like, it's it, back then it wasn't a big thing. I mean, the most the girls used to wear, wear in, in high school was mascara mm. when I was growing up well, in the 90s. Did, the lip liner, the black lip liner. We used to do that. No, I never went down that road. <laughs> um, I never used to wear makeup. Like, I never used to wear makeup. So I never, I did have acne um, yeah. growing up. I had really bad acne. Me too. Skincare, what the hell was skincare? skincare man um acne i'm a teenager you'll get over it it's not until i went to college i think i started wearing foundation Mm -hmm. and mascara but then skincare um, i mean makeup wipes that's as far as it went um college mm, again 
not really. But then when I went to uni, um, I had a best friend and she was like, use Clinique. So I started using Clinique. So I mean, I started getting into skincare and Clinique because I had a bit more money. Student loan, I thought I was born in. <laughs> Um, walking to Blue Water, water. <laughs> I remember Blue Water. I thought, oh, don't, put, don't spend... put student loan on blast because no one spend that on student. Ooh, I thought, let me spend um, forty five pounds on Clinique because yeah. I was bougie because I had money. Yeah. Um. So I that's when I first started experiencing skincare. So I used to use the you know Clinique or whatever the three step the three step. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I um. I had really oily skin. So me too. Mine was number four. Number four. <laughs> me too. Uh, wow. Well, I started um, off number three, and I then know, I even looked at number free boy i saw one two four four yeah i didn't even see one anyways so i went to number four and i started um had a skin um, regime so using different um skincare products and i used to really just i kind of once my clinic ran out and i think i went to other other stuff and i used to live um used to live i used to use um uh, la roche yeah 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 used to use that um i used to just spend loads of money on expensive skincare but i didn't really have a routine yeah um and i think it was and that was throughout you know you know different stages then it was makeup wipes and i thought you know what forget this just makeup wipes and i think it was two years ago i decided um i wasn't going to wear makeup yeah 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 um Simply because I felt that my skin needed a break and I felt so reliant on makeup. And I thought, let me just wear makeup on nights out and let me just have a break from makeup. Yeah. I don't need it. And also my skin started clearing up as I started getting older. I think in my... um late 20s I started exercising going to the gym a lot and I started eating a lot better mm-hmm. um, and and I think that's where I started educating myself and I think one of my friends has this um, nutrition um, uh, sort of website that he does and he put me on a program where I started um, uh, having to eat like um, uh, I think it was like no alcohol okay. no dairy no um, pork no uh, carbs for like six weeks so he put me on a program this person's the devil um, yeah no he was not he was the angel <laughs> trust me um, and he um, helps me and and then from and he also um, introduced me to a product uh, called Green Blend it's on this website called Nutraseed and okay. Nutraseed they do a lot of vegan and I think that's when all this vegan free stuff so I put two years ago 2017 yeah. um, and I started using this Green Blend um, thing which you used to put in your smoothie I started seeing my my skin my my skin clear up and I never used to do anything on my skin yeah so I started using this on my skin like literally I used to have really bad um, blemishes on my cheeks yeah. awful I was like what is this and I started using natural products so I started experimenting with like uh, Pinterest was really popular around then so I started experimenting with um, aloe vera gel yeah a natural product sea moss um and i started um with oils um essential oils essential oils really good for the skin so i started experimenting with that and i started seeing a change and recently i started using a product um that uh one of my very good friends actually has produced and it's called allah um e-l-a-h allah um and allah basically has cbd oil and he um actually has done a soap which is a sea moss soap and i use that on my face 
face every morning. So that's my skincare product. And for toning, I use aloe vera. And aloe vera, not from the shops, from the actual plant. Oh, there's a shop. See, I bought one yeah. one time from the shops. And I was like, oh, yeah. No, there's you a market. Need to go. Yeah, you yeah, need there's to go a market. To the yeah, they use a market. They actually sell the market brands for like one yeah, pound no, twenty-five. Absolutely. Cut yeah. it up, man. My mum used to do it for, for me. For your hair. Yeah, for, for my hair, skin. Using that as a toner and then using um natural coconut oil as just a moisturizer. Okay. And that's my skincare routine. It's very natural. And makeup wise, um, I don't wear makeup um unless I'm going out somewhere special, like today. Yeah. Um, or dinner, or if I'm going yeah, to a special yeah. place, I do not wear makeup because I found that wearing makeup actually damaged my skin didn't more than good. I like f- the black raccoon underneath my eyes. I thought, <laughs> mate. Is this animals or farming? Honestly, and the older, honestly, <laughs> and the older you get, yeah, oh things my gosh. happen wow, that you're like... Wow, under my eye, raccoon boy. I was like, what the hell is going on? I thought, no, I said, if I want to wear... And I started looking at all these YouTube bloggers and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mate, when you look at these YouTube bloggers, where are their eyebrows? <laughs> I can't be like that and I can't I need to and their skin is terrible that's said, my yeah. thing like that was my issue I yeah. saw so many so many in, um, beauty bloggers yeah. doing yeah. beauty which is mm-hmm. obviously that's your market yeah. but since I started looking after my skin I'm like yeah. makeup sits better yeah when you look after your skin when you look after your skin yeah. and the older I get I I wear less makeup yes. because I don't you don't feel, need it first of all I'm <laughs> for me it's <laughs> Is sleep or makeup? Yeah. I pick sleep. Yeah, yeah. Every time, yeah. like having a new having a child, you're like, okay, I need something quick. Yeah, like so right now, it's lip gloss and go. Yeah, and I could only get to that stage if I was confident with my skin. Yes, yes, so, exactly. Like you just see, you're like, no, guys, like. For all the people that like to wear makeup, wear it. Yeah. But you will get to a stage where I'm just like, okay, I need to look after the skin that's under this. No, you do. And as black women, we also need to stop feeding these myths about, oh, just, you know, about uh, black soap. That's it. And I feel like it works for some, but it doesn't work for others it irritates my skin man and you know what black soap actually has a lot of chemicals in it um if you're gonna go and for me unless you get it from like nigeria or ghana you don't know from the ground from the ground like you were there to watch it grow yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) if you were there to watch pounding it on their stick if you were there like monitoring the growth of the plant that was used and you're there then you don't know where a lot of these so so i get it that people's skin is very different and some people sensitive and can't take Mm -hmm. because Everyone knows if you follow me on Instagram, yeah. I'm a champion for acids. I love acids. Yeah. I'm just like, that's what worked for me. Yeah. I dealt with dark, dark marks from yeah. acne for a long time. Yeah. And then I started using like salicylic acid. I yeah. started using retinol. And those worked for me. Yeah. So I get that some people don't like to use these things because they're too strong. Yeah. But then it's also a myth yeah. telling people that as black people, we should only use like a shea butter and black soap and that's it and it's it's not and then you know now that we're getting older you do need to put a little bit more attention to what you're using so I'm literally like my mission is just to get more black women talking about their skin routine making it also telling the companies that yes mm-hmm. black women use your product yeah. so when you're doing an advert yeah. please throw us in there as well yeah you know because my mom is in her 50s and i told her about <laughs> god i told her about using sunscreen every day and she was she was like what people in congo use sunscreen are they dying Do well, they this ha- is i'm like mom and i get it yeah. there's there is and i'm like but african sun and sun here are two different suns two different, yeah and the thing is they they've grown up with that so yeah. you don't need that now you've been accustomed to europe 
we are literally like you need it you know yes. was I, if I went to if I even went back to Congo I'd burn because I'm not used to that I wasn't yeah. brought up there I wasn't I'm not used to that kind of sun exactly you know so I've got to put up the sunscreen I mean when I used to go to I, I went to Uganda was, I used to work for a charity and the locals used to laugh at me you know I was just like because you're bringing out they used to call me the white girl yeah used to call me the white girl because I'm just like what like you're black I was like yeah but because I was brought up in the UK the, the climate is different it's different it's, it's different. not the same sun it, yeah. it hits different it is the UK, different yeah. there's just and there's so many like it's just different yeah. and that argument that people love to say like yeah but my you know they don't use in Africa and I get it but it's different yeah you'll burn by you'll the way you'll burn you're yeah. not accustomed to that type of exactly. heat anymore exactly. that heat will slap you the moment you step exactly. off the plane exactly so no we need to like and then now Women, we're getting older. Like yeah. you've got to look after your skin, and I think you know. Uh, touching on just the the black um, spots that I used to black blemishes, I forgot to say I also used to as well as using the brand um, Every Leaf and Herb, which I was talking about the the sea moss soap that they do. I also used to use uh, bicarbonate soda. Okay, bicarbonate soda is and um, is actually a good way to get rid of the black marks. Mm-hmm. That with coconut oil and soap actually helps clear up my skin which I found I mean you need to use um, oil when you use it because it dries up the skin but you need to use that because that really gets and if you if you're very much into I don't want to use a chemicals bicarbonate sodas as well as being used as toothpaste is actually good to get rid of the black spots as well because it does clear it up it literally literally um, kind of um, absorbs all the bacteria yeah. and clears it up so that's what I was using I think that's pretty much my routine now and like I said now that I'm um, looking now that I'm looking after my skin I'm confident not to wear makeup you wear less I, I, when I go to work I don't wear makeup because I feel confident because I thread my eyebrows let them grow <laughs> yeah. every day well, and I love looking at myself in the mirror and thinking I like my natural self because my, my eyebrows are on point yeah yeah, yeah. You Once know, your eyebrows are done, yeah, everything I mean, your, else. Yeah, exactly. It just frames your face. You know what I'm saying, like, you're fine, man. You can go to work without no makeup. Doesn't it's not a big deal. Oh. Like, once the uh, raccoon eyes are go- going, you know, we're getting there. <laughs> you know, but if you, if you, you know, if you, is that something that you feel conscious about? You can just put a little bit of concealer. But concealer, but also just consistency. It will go. It will go. The more you do it, it will. Like it will. You have go. to make the effort. Make we the wash effort. ourselves every day. You can't do the same thing with your skin. Just My mum always used to say to me, "Look after your body. Look after your body all the time. You have to." No, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for coming it's and been being a, a guest. You have been amazing. It's been a pleasure. Um, so please tell everyone where to find you. Okay. So, so look, look up look up so where to find me is at Congolese Network Creatives uh, we have an Instagram page that's where we can find us um, we don't have a website out yet website is launching soon next year but our Instagram page is up and running so please follow us um, we've got really exciting stuff coming out um, especially by After Cranny 5 we've got a nice little article coming out so watch out for us there um, and stay tuned because we've got a lot of things coming your way 2020 is the year as everyone saying right now so yeah watch out